So this is Dweez and Slim. We had Ryan Wallerson stop by the backyard. Ryan covers LAFC for The Athletic. He was up in the press box with me the majority of that first season. We talked to him about what it was like to make the bi-coastal switch. He's originally from New York City. And he also covered NYCFC's inaugural season for the Wall Street Journal. So hearing about how those two expansion experiences differed in ways that they were the same and how, uh, you know, how difficult it is to succeed in the, the country's two biggest markets. Uh, we really hope you guys enjoy the pod. Ryan was a great guest. Some of the language and content on this podcast may not be safe for work or around children. Good day. FCFC. FCFC podcast where we take a look into the black and gold community through the eyes of two scholars and a dickhead. We have a special guest today. He's been with the growth of both expansion clubs, NYCFC and LAFC. He has a little bit of perspective on how two sides did things the same way and differently. So we just wanted to bring him in and just, you know, take a look into his mind and see the things that he's experienced. Mr. Ryan Rollerson. Mr. Ryan Rollerson. How you doing today, sir? Welcome to the pod, sir. Welcome to the backyard. Evening, gentlemen. What do you think about the backyard? I like it. I like the setup. I like the lights. You know, it's perfect because it's off to the side, so it's not in your face, but you're not out here in the dark. It's a little ambiance. Exactly. And then, you know, even more so just the outside. We got plane flying over right now. May or may not hear that, but I just, I love the environment that you guys allow to flow into the podcast i think that's very cool so many people are looking for like that perfect space that perfect silence and you know that that's cool that's good that's a baseline way to cook you know but it's kind of like cooking by the cookbook as opposed to hitting a little street spice right (laughs) we appreciate that coming from you ryan because as i don't know if our listeners know but ryan is behind a paywall on the athletic, is that correct? <laughs> so to, to have you, yeah, step out from behind the wall and just talk about our kind of lovely abode here. It's it's a lot of respect coming your way and coming our way. So much love to that, man. Oh man, I'm definitely an outside the office kind of guy. For sure. <laughs> so, this is more my element than I got a photo of myself in a in an office at an old place I used to work. It's way outside my element at work, under fluorescent lighting. Like, it's not for me. <laughs> Christmas lighting, much better. Yeah, but they're still up in the Dweezy household. Yes. Keep they never them. go down. Yeah, no. I mean, maybe in the front, but not these. Just yeah. Let them ride. So, Ryan. Yes. Can you tell the good people about how you found yourself in Los Angeles in the first place? You are wearing a Yankees jacket. It is clear. 27 rings, my guy. From the way you talk, oh that you are a New York man through and through. How did you true. find yourself all the way out here on this beautiful part of the country? Well, you know, it's funny. There, there's two answers to that. There's aiming for the forest and aiming for the tree. Uh, Los Angeles in general was an aspiration of me and a couple of my buddies going back as far as high school. And 
Pennsylvania, but that was going between New York and Mount Pocono, Pennsylvania. Shout out Poconos out here, dog. Shout out, shout out. (laughs) Emerald Lakes, one time. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, it was always just this grand idea, this this foreign place, you know, all the way across the world, basically, for all intents and purposes. Obviously, just the country, but when you're a teenager living in New York, California is like this land that is just so unknown and unseen, and there's so many questions. You hear so much about it, right? A different place. That had always caught our intrigue, and so we always wanted to come out. Didn't know what we were gonna do out here. Didn't just knew we wanted to be here, right? So there's always that in the backdrop. And then my path to sports kind of just stemmed from wanting to get into sporting events for free, <laughs> right? When I think back, <laughs> Knicks, Nets, Yankees, NYCFC, LAFC, nice. <laughs> Galaxy, like tens of thousands of dollars but in ticket prices saved. <laughs> as a Nick fan, as a Yankee fan, like with before the time of SeatGeek or StubHub, these were just unaffordable things, you know? Oh, God, you go, yes. Maybe you have like a rich friend's dad who like mm-hmm. takes you out to the game, which is how I went to my first Yankee game. Or, I mean, still the garden, even with all the secondary market stuff, is like completely unattainable. Oh, garden prices, I just checked because that first LAFC, NYCFC game. The Lakers are there during the same time, the same day the LAFC game is. Those prices are crazy. Mm-hmm. They make the Staples Center look cheap. Well, yeah. what, are we, what are we talking for a ch- the cheapest? Like three hundred. Oh wow. Yeah. Like, yeah. I think LeBron's in town. Also, like it's just probably. I mean, the team. It's so horrible. They fielded a trash team in the last fifteen years or so, right? And just like they can charge whatever they want still. So, mm-hmm. James Dolan, we're gonna buy you out. The Nick fans of the world are going to buy it together. And own well, look, together. let's make one thing completely clear. Uh-huh. All right. Well, first, uh, sidebar, the Knicks were just out in L.A. Um, they've lost like 15 of their last 17 games, yeah. but they did get the win yeah. out here, 119-112. <laughs> Kuzma didn't play, Rondo didn't play, LeBron didn't play. I'll put the disclaimer out there, but the Knicks flew out here, soaked up some sun, <laughs> and left this town with a W. <laughs> That's what it comes down to. Yeah. Tenth win of the year, baby. 10-31. and 31. <laughs> Racing for Zion. The road to Zion, baby. We're paving the road to Zion with all these L's we're taking, baby. But you know what? This is the best 10 and 31 team there is to watch because Fizdale is molding these kids, getting them a whole bunch of playing time. The veterans that, frankly, we just need to trade salary off of. Yeah. So we can sign new let's cats. Let's get rid of Courtney Lee. Oh my let's get rid of, right, let's right. get rid of Ennis Cancer. Yeah. How, let many, me not how go, many different sports are this? Right. Let, <laughs> let, let's not go too far down the rabbit right, hole. Yeah, but yeah. the point <laughs> is. What's the point? Hit the point one more time for the people here listening at home. The Staples Center prices are exorbitant. For that game, the Knicks game, I wanted to go to it. Yeah. No LeBron, no Kuzma, no Rondo. Still $120 for a team that had won an opponent that had won nine games? Yeah. Come on. You know what? That's and a, that's why I'm a sports reporter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you actually you're, you're winning this side of the argument. Yeah, way to circle that back. Bring yeah, it back. Yeah. Bring it back. <laughs> but I mean, Josh is also from the East Coast, as we all know here on this pod. Mm-hmm. And I mean, was that a similar allure as he described for you, growing up, or was it something that came out later? Yeah, I mean, you hit on the head. Whereas California is so foreign to you growing up, and it's like it's literally the opposite side of the world, even if it's in the same in the same country, right? You just hear stories about it. Like I think New Yorkers all. We all say it's Cali, right? And then we right. all talk about Cali. We get here to LA and no one calls it Cali anymore, right? That's, that's not a thing. So we all, like, I can literally tell all my East Coast friends, it's from, like, true. That's, we that's still call true. it Cali. That's true. Everyone who calls it Cali is not. Yeah. I feel like it's, it's coming from a Pac reference. Pac must have said Cali on something. You know, no, Biggie. Big. It's a Biggie thing. Going back to Cali. That's true. Going, well, Ken, going Kendrick, back. Kendrick back says Cali a ton, too. Well, that's it? because, right. honestly, like now it's. There we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Y
That LA sauce right there. And like, this is a massive city. What are the odds that it flies right over your house? There are some the good odds. It happens oh. almost every pod. <laughs> Uh, no, but we, we like it. It's part of it. Is, is that just true for everyone in L.A., though? Does everyone in L.A. No, just have it fly directly to over their the house? Because I have it fly directly over my place, too. <laughs> yeah, these, these ghetto birds be wasting a lot of fuel. Shout where, are out. They, where are they going? I, don't, I, don't I mean, I guess that one might be going back to the headquarters. It's downtown, right? <laughs> I think the other one's leaving headquarters. Yeah. All right, well, then I don't know. Gas burn. <laughs> This is part of the ambiance of the FCSC podcast, guys. We don't know what the hell's going to happen. Yeah, I love it. To finish the point, sports reporting was something that drew me in just for my love of sports, wanting to go, not wanting to pay. California is this foreign land that is this great thing that it is a future goal for me. Coming up in New York sports, I was at the Wall Street Journal interning, and I want to say, I don't remember exactly who gave me the quote, but one of the beat writers basically said, you're an ant among dinosaurs. You're never going to win a fight with one of us over, like, a beat that we want to do. You have to find something that no one cares about. Uh So the answer to that was NYCFC, which had been announced a year, was debuting in two years, and nobody was covering until I started covering. Me and Nick Chavez, one one of my favorite drinking buddies in New York, is at one point we were the only two people in the city covering the team, and that was a good time. You know, watching that, I got into the whole idea of expansion in MLS, saw the plan for all of these other teams, including one in, well, look at that, Los Angeles. You know, I've never been to New York and seen a professional game, but nor have I seen kids in the street playing soccer, or it's, it's imprint on the city. I mean, like, what is the soccer culture of New York City? What is it like? Is it really something like nobody cares about, as you just, you were saying? I would say that MLS is something that nobody cares about in New York, but there are a lot of EPL fans, a lot of Mexican League fans, a lot of South American League fans, just soccer fans that bring the love of their game from wherever they come from, because you got to remember that before everything, despite what the 1% may have you believe, New York is a city of immigrants. So you have a lot of people from a mm-hmm. lot of different... <laughs> <laughs> Break no, news. For real, for real. So yeah, you have a lot of people from a lot of different places just bringing their love of the game, their sting on the game, to New York City. I would say Queens is the most diverse borough in New York City, and so that's the place where you'll see a lot of the city's soccer culture. Mm-hmm. Shout out Flushing Queens. Facts. Big mm-hmm. facts. That's why New York City, New York City FC, despite the fact park is close proximity to City Field, that's probably the best place in the city for NYCFC's okay. stadium. Yeah. Just because you want to put it in proximity to people who are going to be interested in the product. When you guys were in high school or in middle school, mm-hmm. if someone played soccer, were they cool? Was it common? Where did it rank on the pecking order? I mean, I think I'm a little different just because, like, growing up in Jersey, there's American football is famously unapproachable in New York City just because there's no fields available. Mm-hmm. I think there's not there's a lack of space, right? And so the football programs usually cut first, unless you're out in Queens, like in Bayside or wherever it is. True. Um, in Jersey, like, American football is number one. Yes. Basketball and then soccer is like it's it's like a weird mix of like that one British exchange student who started something. It's not really big, but people understand it just because like there's there's more fields in the burbs. It's definitely not like the popular kids sport. I feel like everyone if they if they're athletic enough they'll try out for the football team at least in the Jersey area. Right. I want to ask you like when we're talking about kind of soccer culture in New York, like do you feel like there's something behind the dominant Hispanic culture in New York? I would say is Dominican and Puerto Rican, right? And so they're taken from a lot of I think the baseball background, and they bring that into that, and so you have this really rabid fan base of Dominican and Puerto Rican Yankee fans and Met fans in there, but there's not this um, 
the you got a lot of this is a little. It's, but you got a lot of Colombians, a lot of Venezuelans, a lot of Ecuadorians, a lot of per- Peruvians, right. Chileans, Argentinians. You got basically all of South America outside of Brazil. Brazil travels to New York to visit, but then they go home. Right. right but right. outside of there's not a huge Brazilian contingent in New York City like right. that. But pretty much every other country in South America is well represented. And so their soccer culture is as well. Right. Mm-hmm. Because I think there's so many different kind of Hispanic groups there, it's like, or Latina groups there, it's not, nothing is as strong or centrally powerful as the Mexican culture in L.A. That is true. That and is And I think the Mexican true. culture in L.A. calls a lot of shots for what they follow sports-wise, including League of Mex uh, alliances and all that. So I get that thing, the Colombian contingent is really strong in New York, and they, they have this really beautiful soccer culture there. But They're enclaves, though. There are several yeah. enclaves as opposed to one unified empire. Like the Mexican influence, the, the collective influence on you know West Coast soccer culture right. is completely unquestioned, where depending on where your family's from, you'll grow up. You're basically torn between America and what your dad roots for. Totally. But there's a bunch of different possibilities for what your dad could be rooting for, and r- potential rivalries if you know, you're know you Ecuadorian and your girlfriend is Peruvian or something like right, that. Right, right. But that's not really possible over here. And in some, and in some ways, like, Los Angeles has been for the most part, a little bit skittish about MLS. The culture pro-wise lives in the pub, right? If I if I were walking down the street in New York on a Saturday or Sunday morning, I'm just as likely to see EPL bars as I am to see NFL bars. Well, one really cool thing that NYCFC has been doing basically since its inception is basically creating these fields all around the city to, you know, be a place to facilitate growth and soccer interest among the kids. Hmm. And anecdotally... I've walked around, you know, I, there's really no part of New York City outside of Staten Island that I don't <laughs> frequent. No offense. <laughs> Little offense. Work on your... Sh- <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> they don't, they don't get, the Staten Island angle, that's all, okay, go ahead. We don't have time for that. But um, I've seen them, you know, I've, I've, I've seen the fields, I've seen kids playing on them, they're, it's not like they're gaining cobwebs after the team uses them for a photo op. They're in decent locations. That's awesome. Mm. I think that that's one of the coolest things that the team has done. Yeah. You know, in terms in terms of its outreach, one of its greater one of its better ideas. They need more of those. So they need to have those types of ideas more often. I mean, at this point, I've been away from the city long enough that I don't want to comment on the current temperature of its culture. I can speak on, you know, the the build up in the first and second seasons for sure. But I understand that they're struggling with attendance this right. year in comparison to their first years. They've lost their talisman and David Villa, who is you know the iron horse, the model yeah, of consistency, yeah. probably the best thing that's happened yeah. to that team. We define so the DP role for the MLS, right? What, how much a person can actually care after they give up on European dreams, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Uh, you know, Zlatan's kind of doing that, continuing that trend. Wayne Rooney as well. Got to give him credit for what he did, but yeah, yeah getting arrested. <laughs> well, if we're talking the current events, you know, only legends get out for twenty five dollars. <laughs> no, just speaking on professional soccer in New York for either of you, um, what's been the imprint of, for instance, the Cosmos or the Metro Stars before they came the Rebels? Like, was that ever as you guys were kids or people you knew? Was that like a thing that you even knew about? So you should. Can you speak on? on the nine on the seventies Cosmos? They played in Jersey. Yeah, I mean, so did the Metro Stars, right? But it's like though. Yeah, those yeah, they were like. It's like a footnote in everything, you know. I I, I was mean, a, I was aware of Pele coming from the Cosmos and like 
I think even George Best was here of some kind, like from New York City tour. tour my d- my dad's went to see Pele play. That's in that. So that and my dad. What did what your dad say about it? He knows soccer. He's Guyanese. Guyanese people mostly root for the Brazilians because of the proximity, mm-hmm. and so that's that was the connection. That's why he wanted to go. And he said that he didn't know what to expect from him, but was happy to have seen him play live, and that he still had enough that it was worth telling me about. Right. Obviously, he did. Right. He didn't go back. It was a spectacle. It yeah. was something to go see, but not something to support. The Metro Stars, God, Bob won't talk about them. There's nobody <laughs> that was on will talk about them. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I don't, I don't. What was really that crazy know. dude with uh, the weird shaved head? I remember like just a promo of Clint Mathis with like a hard rock solo going on in the back of him, like dribbling around. I was like, this is trash. It looks like public access TV. It's like the camera quality was horrible, and just was like, it really turned it off. You know, it turned turned me off to you. Soccer in America, I feel like. At least the Metro Stars in, in, in the way that they were formed. Um, you know, I was a fan of the World Cup forever, but I never looked at the Metro Stars as like my way into active support for an American club. Slim, in the 90s, the Galaxy. Was it, cool, was it a cool thing to like? No. Was it, were there people in school with Galaxy jerseys? No. Were there people in the no. city... That, <laughs> That's not fair, though. You're putting I mean, them against it, the it, Lakers. What like, is it? What are people doing? Yeah, I mean, it was honestly LA is a hard market to break into. Wouldn't you say the same for New York? I'm yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. an interesting it's conversation. Just, right? we, we talk about this all the time. It's, it's same, same, but different. Love it. <laughs> NYCFC has the benefit of the fact that everyone in New York sucks right now. Hmm. Just drafted Darnold. I, actually, LAFC was kind of the same. The Lakers. We just well, no, because the Dodgers, the Dodgers were back-to-back World Series. Back back okay, that's true. That's yeah. true. And that's why I think it's smart. You saw the uh, the partnership that the two established, yeah. getting in each other's stadiums. And the King had ju- the Kings that's had just smart. won the, the Stanley Cup Stanley not that Cup, long ago. Right. Not the, too much. The King not High was ago. still going on a little bit. Not the, the past not two seasons. Not this year. Past two seasons. Last year, yeah, trash. But but the Dodgers for sure. I mean, their yeah, the performance in the World Series notwithstanding, they're two time defending National League champions. Yeah. So it's not like there was nothing else to watch. And the, the, the baseball on, season runs you know concurrent with the MLS season. So yeah, it could completely take your attention away True. from MLS if you let it. Yeah. What what's a harder market to crack? The New York market New York. or the LA market? Definitely New York sports. Because the thing is that Knicks fans are going to fill the Garden even if they're ten and thirty one. Yankee fans still go to Yankee Stadium even if the team doesn't crack 90 wins for a few years. Well, that's also why I think L.A. is the harder market because, honestly, like, L.A. just... Like, they don't care as much? Yeah. So like, it's, it's about loyalty and earning that loyalty exactly. against just a complete lack of loyalty. Like, there's no chance of, like, <laughs> it's, it's not going to get better than this. You're in the malaise and we'll pay attention to you when we want against we're loyal to our squads and you're not our squad, but there's a yet there. And you like, can earn that. Maybe an interesting way to think about it, either this is an interesting way or a horrible way, which city would be able to create like a better atmosphere for like a women's pro team, for example? I don't believe New York has one right now, right? They don't. They don't. And L.A. doesn't have one. Who would make a fuller stadium in those two cities? This, Are we curious. talking L.A., but yeah. not for soccer reasons? For which reasons? I would say just for the support of, of the movement type uh, reasons. Like if they were like, you feel like super progressive people. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. You can market that. You can market it's just influencers and who you get in. You, you bring in one person, you bring in a thousand people, and you do it 50 times and you fill a stadium. That's harder to do in New York. Hmm. And with that, let's, let's have our first break. We'll get back and talk about NYCFC right. and LAFC. 
My personal introduction to the ownership group was Manchester City games starting to play on the Yankees Entertainment Sports Channel. Yes. And honestly, I'm a Man City fan because of that. Oh. <laughs> go ahead, take a sip. <laughs> go ahead, I'll wait. There we go. Disgusting. There we go. There we go. All right, proceed. Okay. Uh, tastes like a title. Oh, Jake Hennessy. Manchester's right on the right. Continue, Ryan. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, Manchester City's playing on Yes. I'm like, what's this? Who's this team? This is cool. They're playing on the same channel as a team that I literally watch every night. So I'm going to be here for a while. So, you know, I'm in. I watch. There's a couple seasons worth. Arsenal had been on previously, but I didn't watch that. Honestly, Arsenal was on Yes? Arsenal was on uh, Yes for a little bit. They uh, Man City was the second... The second foray, and the, and they didn't get me with the Arsenal stuff. They had a whole show outside of the games as well. They really tried to push for like I want to say a season, maybe two, and yeah. then it just disappeared. And then as quickly as it disappeared, Man City started showing up. Um, and then you know I start researching why, and I see NYCFC, and I'm like, oh my goodness, I, I've heard of this league. It's pretty trash right now. Yeah. <laughs> maybe NYCFC can be the best team pretty quickly. Is literally the thought that I have, right? But you know what? Honestly, the buildup was probably some of the best memories I have of NYCFC. Even more so than the on-field play. Partly because they're still in Yankee Stadium. And just from a spectator standpoint, that's not the greatest vantage point for the supporters. For the players, it's not the greatest field, whatever. What section do the supporters sit in? Supporters sit in the same section as what I guess the Yankee supporters we considered. The Yan- Yankee Stadium has this section called the like Bleacher the Creatures. Okay. The, the supporters sit where the creatures sit. Interesting. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that was Respect such a funny the sentence. Respect the bleacher creatures. No, 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 no. Respect the bleacher creatures. Yeah. The stadium's not the greatest. On The watch isn't the greatest. I can't wait for the day they move into theirs because I know once they finally do it, that it's going to be fantastic. But the buildup for me, watching something created out of nothing, watching, you know, mistakes were made, victories were achieved, and... They created this product that I think was a pillar of expansion for people to build on and was built on and led to organizations like Atlanta and Los Angeles and anything that comes after. But was it really built from nothing? I mean, you have Manchester City, the mothership, Mm -hmm. who's just making a small ship. And then you have the New York City ownership, or the the New York Yankee ownership, that's a big part of it. Mm -hmm. So is it from nothing? It's kind of from a lot. It's from nothing more so than a team from another league elevated into MLS, already coming complete with its own culture, which is the case for you know Cincinnati, Orlando. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. fair. And I would also say that its supporter group, I happen to be an example of the Bermuda's Triangle of the Yankees Entertainment and Sports Network. There are not that many of me. Mm-hmm. Most fans I know of NYCFC despise Manchester City. As they should. They still gotta rock them. They still gotta rock the colors, and they still gotta. The first president of the Third Rail, which is mistakenly NYCFC's official supporter group, making an official supporter group was a mistake. Imagine if the Black Army was the official supporter group of LAFC, and then the rest of you were just like unwanted bastards, unwanted children. You can use uh, whichever don't, don't you want. Don't cut that out uh, yeah, when we'll you're edited. That that's worry. great. Okay. We'll <laughs> fine bastards is fine. I don't mean to be harsh to you know some excellent supporter groups like uh, 
I want to get them right. Well, Hearts of Oak just rolls off the tongue because for me, I think that's bad in the Templados or the ones that I've seen with the most pizzazz. Mm. But, you know, you got Bronx Football Social Club, the Bronx Ultras, Brown Bag FC is one of the originals. Brown Bag FC, the motherfucker. I mean, if you like that, then you'll love Chicken Bucket. (laughs) (laughs) I've heard, I've heard. I'm Are looking you, forward to eating a legendary chicken bucket. At the you know, so there's a bunch of supporter groups. They all bring their own style, very similar to LAFC. But unlike LAFC, there is one supporter group has the ear of the team and the support of the team above. So how was that decision made? They were the first. That was the first one. And then all the ones that, you know, organically came after, as happens in vibrant supporter cultures, were just basically told that they were late to the party and couldn't come. Jeez. If they wanted to, they had yeah. to be third rail. And people tried. Everybody at first was third rail, but naturally you're going to have differences in vision. No team should have just one supporter culture, but that was a mistake made by NYCFC. So in the stadium, are they spread out? In different parts of the stadium, then, right? Those different groups. I mean, it's very, it, it's very similar to what you have, minus all of the goodwill. Mm-hmm. I mean, but I can't, I can't speak now. I can only speak to what was, mm-hmm. and what was, is that when I left the city, NYCFC supporters were fighting a battle amongst themselves and also with the Manchester City fans that were annoyed by their lack of... Enthusiasm? Yes. For the mothership? Towards the queen. <laughs> oh, they didn't pay their respects oh, yeah, no, that, that was a real thing. We're considered the actual mothership is the fucking New York Yankees 27-time world champions, right? I don't know if to pay homage to City or any of that shit. Question. All hell the mighty <laughs> Yankees. Hey, come on, Ryan, show us off your patches right now. Is that 27 yeah, I just, patches? I gotta clean them. You know, I'm missing one, actually. To oh, my disgrace. Oh, nine? I, okay. I, I gotcha, obviously gotcha. have to grab... The good folks on the pod can't uh, see this, but Ryan's dusting off his New championship. York, his beautiful New York, New York varsity jacket. You should be able Looking to hear like those. You should be able to hear that. Old school patches. race car. Yeah, we get it. School, you guys uh, want a lot. I'm hating. This isn't going to make your... Your podcast. Oh, it absolutely is. Nothing gets cut. That's, that's, the that's why I'm the dictator. We've got the two cut. scholars over there. My, my ex-girlfriend and my high school... I don't even want to call my ex-girlfriend because we're still really good friends. My high school girlfriend bought me this jacket for my birthday. That's a big cop for... Okay, $400. Jeez, yeah. Damn. She split it with her mom. Her mom bought half, and then she paid her half of the $200 by basically being her mom's bitch for two months. (laughs) And her mom told me this. Like, she doesn't even know that I know how she paid for this jacket. Her mom told me never to tell her, but she was like, I thought you should know (laughs) where that came from because she had no money. I paid for all of it, and I paid for half, and then I got a slave for two months. Damn. Okay, so now we've 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 finished with the Knicks. We've finished with the Yankees for the moment. No, but back to this idea about Manchester City yes. and supporters of that team, NYCFC. This is something that Ryan and I talked about the whole expansion season of LAFC. Is just I remember when New York came, NYCFC came, and I was looking out there, and Kevin Baxter. Shout out to Kevin Baxter, the LA Times, huge Man City fans, got his blue car. And I, and I said to myself, if I was a New Yorker, I could never, as an Arsenal fan, even go to these NYCFC games. Would you guys, as Manchester guys, if you were picture yourselves as New Yorkers, could you go and you could rock the powder blue? Or would that even play a factor for you? Or it wouldn't matter? I think still in my life, the Yankees are bigger than United in my life. It's mm-hmm. true. But also, it's like, that powder blue is such a strong connotation. It, it really is. It really, and it hurts. It's hurtful. I've enjoyed the product that NYCFC has, has put out there, but... I'd have I'd have a really hard time with it, man. Oh my god! It was similar to the fact that when um, Zlatan hit that 
that volley from 50 yards out. Oh, our, that one really game. hurt. Sorry, yeah. But I, the last game I saw him was him wearing the United number 10 jersey. Right. And my soul literally just, just ripped in half. Like, straight up. Like, I did, I, that's one of the greatest goals I've seen in my life. And LAFC has become the team that I love and adore most of all. And it just destroyed me. Yeah. I think that would be me at every home game in NYCFC. Because I, I do not like City that Slam? much. I mean, if I fell in love with NYCFC the way I fell in love with LAFC, then nothing's going to stop me from wearing those colors. Right. Yeah. And, it's, and like, I mean, I, I just, what about, like, the Yankees part of it? If someone was a Mets fan in New York, right? Like, and knowing that the Yankees ownership uh, has this NYCFC team, is that ever an issue for people? Like, it is. All these sort of, what's well, as if the Angels <laughs> part-owned LAFC and they put, like, a ring around the top. And, I mean, would that matter for people who are Dodgers heads to come and, like, I mean, yeah. I mean, you have to tell me. I don't know what is the dynamic between the two like out here. Is it like the Yankees and the Mets, so, or are the Angels like nah, the perennial little brothers? No, LA fans aren't as angry as New York fans. Because Mets no, fans, we don't we don't think about Mets fans at all. Met, mm. The Mets at all, to be to oh. be frank. Yeah, they yeah. stay up all night, like angry at us. Right. So the Mets, Angels are very similar. I feel like in that yeah. way. So you have the the player of our generation playing for them, and they just they can't seem to win market share over from the Dodgers. Yeah. But my point is, would a Mets fan be able to full heartedly get behind the NYCFC thing, or do you think that that was an issue? I would say, you know what? The girl who went with me to Frank Lampard Day, yeah, big Mets fan, huge okay. Mets fan. Did take time to get her into Yankee Stadium for anything. True. Mm-hmm. It would have been easier to take her to a NYCFC away game than it was convince her to take, take the train to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she lives in the Bronx, so it's like the great irony. Right? Yeah, like a couple stops up the four trains. That's funny. Dude. Fascinating to me how she's a Mets fan to begin with, but so yes. Yeah. I would say that, that that was something that was an issue. But you know what that would be? You know what would completely obliterate that? A stadium in Flushing Meadow Park, <laughs> five miles from City Field. I think that's a nice uh, that's a nice, it's a nice look, right? Isn't that a nice concession? Well, they, cho- they chose, isn't part of the crest, like, I feel like one of the crests of NYCFC sort of has Mets colors in there, right? Like, so, like blue an and orange, orange the, blue and orange. The seal of New York. Well, here's the yeah. thing. The Mets colors, the Mets are a filler team. They were basically created to fill the hole once the Dodgers and the Giants betrayed New York City and, and left. Yeah, no. you know, well, just like you guys, because you guys <laughs> came to a better city. <laughs> I'm sorry, but you can wear the color, but I'm you're pretty. here now in a better city for now. And for... you could be in a backyard talking shit and not cold as shit. Hey, we don't got backyards on the East Coast. Exactly, bro. it is definitely a wind chill of zero in New York right now. Exactly. I saw the I saw the forecast. So we and get it. I'm sorry. Stay warm. So all right, all right. Uh, well. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. I think you know. The what, point is yeah. that when they made the Mets, they basically just had to crap. Let's just pull some stuff together. So they oh, gave yeah. them the Yankees pinstripes. They gave them the Giants. You know the NY yeah. and the NY familiar, right? Yeah. They gave them the the way that the Mets goes across. That's the Dodgers, and um, the colors were just New York State. Yeah. Even, Boom. Even Mets. the new City Field is. Um, it's a homage a to the... Yeah, they have a monument to Jack, Jackie in there. I think for a long time, the Mets ran from their history of being a team that replaced the Dodgers. They right. tried to say, we're our own team, we won the World Series. They tried to, like, start their history at Sandy Koufax. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. you know, the fact is that you you know, you know were born of necessity and terrible for about 10 years before you got your bearing, and then you were a team right. that went on with its history. But I think that it's a nice little homage. One question I had for everybody is, um, had NYCFC taken a different route, had the Yankees taken a different route, for instance, and created something that wasn't associated with Manchester City, or for that matter, a different owner, some billionaire in New York, 
started a club sort of from the ground up that had no affiliations, something like what Atlanta did. Would you think by now having that own thing from day one, a new thing, maybe something a little bit more similar to what LAFC is, been more beneficial for New York City FC? I mean, imagine if Atlanta was Arsenal Atlanta or something like that. Like it was a satellite club. Do you think that they would have the culture that they have? I'd say that's why I call NYCFC a pillar. They showed what it is to make something from nothing with help. And I think that elements of what they did were taken in both of the projects that you just mentioned, L.A. and Atlanta, but they did it without the strings. Mm. And doing it without the strings, because the strings are definitely, they constrict around New York City in many different ways. The player pipeline from Man City, or lack thereof, the ability for Man City to keep Frank Lampard for however many months, for after yeah. however many concessions were made to NYCFC, whatever, they've definitely run into issues being connected to Manchester City. They've also been afforded loan players out of the out of the Man City Academy that have played big roles, right? They were able to have Jack Harrison on their team after he was drafted by NYCFC, but now he is in EPL on loan from Man City right. somewhere. What if LAFC was Bayern would LAFC's culture have been possible? I would say yes, because I don't think the difference is the ownership. I think that if the ownership was a team, but a team that said, we don't understand your market and we want this to work, so we're going to give you total autonomy to make it work and give us something that is a good product, then I think everything still happens the same because it's just a different person speaking. Like, the power that was given to everyone who was endowed with power to make LAFC what it is on all levels, that could still come from a team. They just have to choose to do so. Manchester City didn't. Yeah, I think it really just goes down to how it's managed at the end of the day. I mean, we could say case study-wise, a team that came from another team in LA that folded was Chivas USA, right? Mm-hmm. It's really just like the little things. If if NYCFC didn't choose one supporters group to represent their supporters, you know, so we've got the stadium deal done. Yeah, Yeah. those types of things. All right, so I've got to I've got to talk about GAL Elevator Company. (laughs) GAL Elevator Company. It's located on One Fifty Third Street in the South Bronx. What's going on right now? (laughs) Has been the desired site of NYCFC Stadium since before David Villa. They had a deal in place to buy this property in 2014 and it got close enough that I remember wanting to be the guy I was like bothering New York City like yo when you're gonna announce this like tell me because just let me know you want to go through Wall Street Journal Sports Illustrated I don't care like I'll let you pick but I want to be the guy that breaks it yeah it was that and they'd be like okay 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 we'll let you know we'll let you know we'll let you know and then it fell through they just uh GAL rescinds on the deal and that kind of sent NYCFC floundering, and they've been looking ever since. Jeez. They came back to that same place five years, four years later, five years now that we're in 2019. They came out with this uh, report, a $700 million proposal that included a state-of-the-art stadium, retail, residential housing, and retail stores all around the GAL site. Yeah. But when I saw that name again, I was like, Jesus Christ, they've really scoured the entire city. And they're back on this same plot of land. And I don't know what they're trying to do differently to make that happen. I don't know where that is now. I haven't looked into it of late. 
that was the last I heard of it. They did have a sketch, a rendition, a turquoise uh, partial ceiling that leaves an open center similar to the Maracanã in Rio de Janeiro. Um, something that would be quite a spectacle 10, 10 blocks south of Yankee Stadium. I can't but imagine that been, being so close to the stadium. That's but they've stadium, been yeah. sitting on this one site for literally their entire existence and... I don't know who it is at GAL that's just like, I want to go down in history as the uh, Walter O'Malley of NYCFC. It's just like, you can't have this land type deal, but that is literally the hangnail. That, that's the place that they want to put it, 153rd. I want to say 153rd and River. If I'm off on that, then I apologize, New York City. <laughs> but uh, it's very close to that area, walking distance from Yankee Stadium. That's wild. That would actually change the entire landscape of the Bronx a lot, huh? It would change, it would change, and I think that's part of the hang-up. The Bronx is a borough dealing with gentrification in 2019 because it's a borough that held on to its identity throughout much of the decade when a lot of the rest of the city was getting, you know, reconfigured. Yeah. Now the rest of the city is done. They have welcome to Bedford-Stuyvesant signs all over Bed-Stuy. Are you kidding me? Real. Oh, it's a real thing. And now they're working on Washington Heights, Inwood, and the Bronx, so... They got this all the way up to a, Washington Heights? Mm-hmm. Jeez. So this is a project that the incumbent population doesn't welcome because it's like, you know, John Stewart style. We see your bullshit. Like, we see what you've done to the other boroughs. Yeah, you won't yeah. do it here. So it's got no community support. People go to the community meetings to, like, renounce the idea of building this stadium. Hey, LAFC Pat, I just want to say... Um Sorry for complaining so much. Thank you for the stadium. Um, we'll do whatever it takes to make YouTube TV and Bank of California very no, happy. No, it is. I think just as he's talking about how difficult it is to get the site, Seriously. isn't it? Just think, man. It's not think, NYCFC's think the, fault. Yeah, and yeah. think of the places that LAFC could be stuck in right now had they not been able to get like, the well, deal. Fucking Carson. Yeah, could be stuck out there. Could be stuck at a temporary site. They could be playing in Dodger Stadium True. right now. Wow. I mean, here's the dig, though. And here's kind of where NYCFC is. They've put their arm behind their back, but if they can break out of this hold, they're golden, right? Yeah. They built their entire brand on being New York City's team. They're not the Red Bulls. They don't play in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. They play in New York City. Yeah. Yankee Stadium, for all of its flaws, and there are numerous, is smack dab in the South Bronx. Yeah. Fulfills their promise. They're going to stay there until they can find whatever it is fulfills their promise long-term. If that long-term solution falls even five miles outside of the city, all of a sudden they're Donald Trump with no wall. They failed their constituency on their biggest promise, on the thing that they ran on. It's true, though. Can you imagine if... Yeah, for some reason, LAFC had to move. and Or what if the Galaxy move in here? Like, how does that dynamic change? I mean, there's so many similarities between these two clubs. Like, once you came over and started covering LAFC, like, what did you see? Like, from your from your position of, okay, I just went through all this with NYCFC. Now I'm seeing some of it again. What was similar? What was different? I saw a lot of space. And I saw a fairly quick property agreement. That was the first thing. Like, when I saw the fact that the stadium was being built where it was, when I researched the site... The significance to the city, the location to down the relevant proximity to the artist renderings, the skyline through the facade. What the hell? <laughs> there was a. It's Hollywood, baby. It, 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 it was basically the equivalent. New York City Football Club had this rendering of a potential stadium on Pier 40, 
um, Midtown on the west side built out onto the water that had yeah. these excellent views of downtown. That's what the stadium is. <laughs> like that. It's like the perfect dream stadium. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It really is. Where else would you put it? It's the connection to the city. Yeah. Like Pier 40 is a place that has a strong connection to New York City. And New York City, the, the culture of New York City soccer that is prevalent in Manhattan lives on, on the coast because that's where all the soccer fields are mm-hmm. on either the east or west sides. Pier 40 is one of them. That would have been a dope. If they'd really done that, they would, there was a stadium and then six small soccer fields next to it. And ferries would take you to it from Jersey and New York. You could walk over. Like, it was it was pretty well done rendition. And if it happened, whew. But that's what, that's the level of ideal that I feel that LAFC just achieved. Just, I know the difficulty that went into it. But then also, the long-sighted decision to debut in 2018 as opposed to 2017 to make sure that that stadium was done. And you can be the first, and to this day, only MLS team to debut in a so- its own soccer-specific stadium. No other team has ever that, done actually. that. Yeah, wow. No, no other team has ever debuted in their own soccer-specific stadium in their first year, their inaugural home opener. The LAFC inaugural home opener is the only one. That's another thing that I think it's lost, is it wasn't originally 2017, right? I mean, I don't know if you guys were on board at that time, yeah. but when I got that first card sent for being a member, it said, 2017, it's going to kick off. And of course, like, you get a little disappointed and bummed out when you hear that it's getting pushed. Mm-hmm. But, again, foresight. And, and when, I, when I heard about that, that was the thing that made me decide, you know what, yeah, I should definitely head over there. They're, they're doing something over there that is beyond what I looked at build over here and so I want to be a part of that as well and honestly there was a part of me that said am I doing uh, LA or Atlanta yeah and I just decided that the national relevance would be greater here even if the on-field product was greater there because once they hired Tata Martino I was like oh yeah Probably well, gonna win I mean, in the next couple of years. Let's not discredit Atlanta's supporter culture too. It's it's something. Yeah, it is. It's like I went to the final, nobody sat down the whole match. Like all seventy whatever thousand seventy three thousand. Before the in twenty sixteen, I went to Brazil mm-hmm. to the Olympics, and on my way back, I had a five hour layover in Atlanta, and I was allowed to leave the airport. You know, I just went downtown and had dinner. So I go downtown, there's a Hawks game on and there's a Falcons game on. At the time, it's preseason Falcons and the Hawks are running against, like, a college team. Like, these are not important games. Uh People are there in full jerseys. People are there, like, mad at every call. They're not matching the energy of the players they're watching. (laughs) (laughs) I saw Atlanta's culture, and then you know about their rabid college culture. It was the perfect breeding ground for a place like soccer because soccer is the perfect sport, a culture that allows them to just do exactly what you saw, basically. And one thing I appreciate about Atlanta also is that they are probably the... some of the fewer first people to bring hip hop into supporter culture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So well, everything that runs through Atlanta get, goes through the hip hop sauce. I mean, yeah, hip hop sauce. <laughs> well, whatever, man. The hip hop sauce comes from the strip club. Yeah, you yeah, don't have to tell country, the baby. people that. Yeah. <laughs> Do you regret not going to Atlanta? No, not at all. Um, because this is, I, I mean, let's face it. Real Salt Lake kind of threw a fly in the ointment late. If they advance to the second round. I mean, God damn it! Portland is the defending Western Conference champion. You're gonna have a hard time telling me that if Portland could go, LAFC couldn't have gone if they got past Real Salt Lake, a game they had absolutely no business losing. So I've never seen this team 
eliminated in a way that I say they were overwhelmed. They were overmatched. Like, I'm pretty sure we all walked away from that game. But the culture and the, the off-field stuff for LAFC is still, still interesting for you. It's more nascent. It has a longer way to go. They don't have the puto and, you know, projectile problems in Atlanta that Los Angeles has. I think that it is a more diverse culture coming together as opposed to being a more homogenous culture down in the South. And I think that's more, that's more interesting on the interpersonal level. And I think that when it does hit, the clock goes to 90 and they do lift MLS Cup, I think it'll be a bigger deal here than it was in Atlanta. Well, cool. Let's take a break real quick and we'll finish up here in a moment. of The Athletic, of the NYCFC expansion story, and the LAFC expansion story. I think the question we've been talking about over the, the break here is to what extent the biggest markets, New York and Los Angeles, matter to the success of MLS and to the success of the game in the country. Um, Ryan, you've seen it from both sides. What's your, what, do you, what do you think? I think that greater New York market is... An extremely important market to MLS, to Major League Soccer. It's first dual market of sorts with two teams in one. Um, it played up the Hudson River Derby as the eighth biggest derby in MLS before it was ever played on MLSsoccer.com in 2015. Uh, that tells you everything you need to know about their aspirations for it. For my money, the most important market to MLS's national success is probably the LA market. I think that the ceiling is larger, mm-hmm. higher than the New York market. New York, the, the New York soccer market is never going to get more than a certain share of New York City's attention. Okay. And, and does that just have to be have to do with the culture of the sport itself? I mean, yeah, America in 2019 cares about soccer more than it did, you know, in 2009 or 1999. Mm-hmm but it still cares about American football and basketball and baseball and hockey a lot more. But what I think is that in the West, where you have that more direct influence we talked about earlier on the culture, that Mexican and Salvadorian influence, that Central American influence mm-hmm. that is heavy in soccer culture yeah. pretty uniformly, South American influence being fractioned. You know, having different factions, Colombian, Venezuelan, Brazilian. And then obviously also having the allure of other sports in the Caribbean. Yeah. All of that mixing in the melting pot. You know, mm-hmm. that is what it is. There's, the, out here is not a melting pot. Out here, I feel like the different influences kind of fight for supremacy more so than mix together. But the experience that I've seen is that Especially in, in sports culture, there's a bit of a Mexican pizzazz on everything. Football culture, baseball culture, basketball culture. You know, I'm an outsider. Do you, Angelinos, feel yeah, me on that? we got a lot of Mexicans and Salvadorians around here. They're going to have an influence. Yep. You know what I'm saying? They, 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 they make Lakerland. They make, you know, the Dodger culture, yep. the 
they make oh yeah. rams yeah yes there rams. it is yeah. yeah there it is you know the newest the newest sport in la so mind, yeah. mind me but even the football games from the limited experience that i've seen there is that different flavor, that L.A. flavor that I think comes from the, that Mexican and Salvadorian influence. That's something that you see on the team and on the city, just that base cultural interest. I think that if LAFC are able to tap into that, and I think they already have tapped into that. A little bit. That is going to be a conduit that generates greater, hotter energy than anything that NYCFC is going to get from New York City. But if NYCFC get that stadium site that that you just showed me a picture of on your phone, that would where, where is that stadium site at? That's where ten. City? That's ten blocks south of Yankee Stadium. Ten blocks south of Yankee Stadium. If they get that, in what ways will that help the game matter more in that city? Now, see, here's the thing about New York, where I talk about that that general you know umbrella influence, right? Mm-hmm. On the west and the east, that doesn't exist. The east fandom is built on loyalty, and loyalty is earned. That's why the Knicks can suck for decades and still sell out the Garden. It's why the Mets can you know, suck and have owners that their fans despise. It's why the Yankees can beat their chest while they win 83 games. It's not just history. It's, frankly, a blind allegiance to their team. It's earned. And once you have it, it's very difficult. Dolan, notwithstanding. Wilpon, notwithstanding. Steinbrenner Jr. notwithstanding, it's hard to lose, you know. The Nets, they don't have it, honestly, right now. They, they, they're up and coming. They've been in Brooklyn for a few years. They're still the New Jersey Nets to a lot of New Yorkers. A lot of people don't like that stadium because it's basically the jewel of Brooklyn's gentrification. <laughs> um, yep. So they have, they have their own struggles. Just being in the city isn't enough. You Even with t- Jay-Z being part of it, dude. People. But he sold it, though. <laughs> yeah, it's probably because he saw what the fuck he did to his city. <laughs> well, but didn't you just make your own point? Yeah, <laughs> or, make, right. or rather make my point? <laughs> right. But, um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, a, it's something that has to be done right. Being inside the city is very important. But you also have to do it in a way that you have the community support. And I think that's why... That's a very difficult thing to do in New York City, especially right now. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why you've seen New York City move so, step so carefully. Mm-hmm. They know that they're limited geographically, and they know that they're limited by the cultural temperature of, real, of New York City real estate. They know that they just can't build on someone's grandma's house. Yeah. How do you feel LAFC did on that front? I think that's a home run. That's, that's like a walk-off, grand slam, down five. That's... That's yeah. that location, proximity-wise to downtown, 3.1 miles, built on a site that was already near and dear to the heart of a lot of Angelinos. There are so many different reasons that have nothing to do with soccer to be an LAFC fan. And that's what's cool about mm. LAFC. Slim, what do you think? Ten years from now, what is, what is soccer in this city going to look like? Soccer's going to actually take precedence over other sports. To me, that's what it did. That's what LAFC did. You know, I used to be like an avid Lakers fan, an avid Dodgers fan, um, avid Manchester United fan, but they all take second fiddle now. Mm. You know what I mean? So the culture that we create and the people that are in place to keep cultivating that culture, people like Pat and Rich, you know what I mean? Like, if we continue to do it right, then we can set in motion something that can take a big part of LA. Like, 
people are already after already seeing the LAFC hats everywhere. Um, you know, I get random texts like, "Oh, there's people like with the bumper stickers or stickers over their cars." Or someone's rocking in the Aurora Borealis. Yeah, you, you know, know what I mean? mean? As of right now, it's still like that Simpsons like stone cutter shit. It's just like you see someone with the ring, and you're like, "Oh, what's up?" A little head nod. You know what I mean? An acknowledgement of like, "Yo, we're part of the same fabric." Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So New so, York had that, and still has that, mm-hmm. but. And this is exacerbated by their stadium situation. Mm-hmm. The fact that they haven't won, there is a novel aspect of, and this is when I say you have to earn it, that novelty fades away and the loyalty has to be what remains. And that's what New York City FC is running off of. But, you know, think of it like Mario Party, right? Uh-huh. You get a bunch of coins, you get a bunch of loyalty coins, ding, 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 that's great. But you get that chip, that's the star. Yeah. And the star puts you. The stars was gonna win you this match right now. Yeah, you understand. Does the championship matter more in New York or more in LA? I think no championship for the first ten years of both organizations. Neither wins a championship. Mm-hmm. LA, I think, has the potential to be the bigger team. I think that a championship it depends on the timing. It really does. If the thing about New York right now is that it hasn't won a title in anything. In how long? The Giants in twenty twelve. 11, 11, 12, so we're a couple years away from a decade now. Um, when's the last time now LA just had, you know, they've had, they've been in the World Series. The Kings won in what year? 2015? Yeah. 2015? And 13, I think. We've got one championship this decade, and it's that one. Yeah. So I would say for that, if NYCFC. It'd be a similar phenomenon to what you saw in Atlanta, another championship-starved oh, yeah. city that got to ride a wave to a championship that it's getting to revel in right now. They would get a canyon of heroes. Welcome. You know, that's what we do with our teams that win championships, yeah. and those parades are legendary. You know, you get one of those, you're on that float, people see those, the, the, t- the ticker tape coming down, and, you know, honestly, there may be NYCFC employees up there throwing it, but whatever. You get those optics and those vistas, those photos taken and get framed and put all over the city and, you know, waiting rooms and offices, and that's what grows the lore and that's what breeds the loyalty, those types of memories, those types of connections. Does LAFC get a parade if they win? I was going to ask, what is, so. what, is the, what is the protocol out here when you Actually, win? Actually, I don't even, did Galaxy ever get a parade? Wait, the Galaxy have never gotten a parade? I don't think so. See, here's the awkward thing. The Red Bulls are original squad but they've never won so we don't know the protocol for champions mm. in soccer in new york well the galaxy have won a lot but it's not necessarily something that the city is super aware of you know what that's a fascinating question if the metro stars are the i'm gonna ask bob bradley that do you think you'd have gotten a parade <laughs> he'd know better than me he was the damn coach of the team true i want to know what he thought of the current soccer climate do you think you'd have gotten a canyon because i know he knows what the canyon of heroes is you don't live in New York and not, especially not when he did. The Yankees rolled down it every fucking year. <laughs> <laughs> Major League Soccer's inception is 1996, which happens to coincide with... There it is. Wow. <laughs> wow. Point to the patch. That's Points to the patch. patch. And then there are four more over the next five seasons, so you'll yeah, have to I, forgive I, yeah. me. I don't know if LAFC would get a parade. I remember talking to Julio from District 9 about this before the season ever started. I think and that He definitively told me... The Galaxy have never had a parade, but watch when we win, we're going to get a parade. I think New York City FC would get a parade if they won. They can't let the soup get cold, man. 
Because cold soup, that skin, so, no, nothing takes your hunger like that, that skin on cold soup. Has, it, has <laughs> the soup cold, cooled off over there? You know what, man? It stays warm a lot longer over a soccer-specific stadium. That's for damn sure. Um, I don't think so. But I do think that they're trending the wrong way, frankly, in terms of their performance and the strength of the roster. There are a few really good decisions and signings away from being able to contend with the best teams in the East and best team in the tri-state area. Mm-hmm. Like I said, they broke their foot, tripped out of the postseason. They did not lose a fight in which they were overwhelmed and bowed out because they were inferior to their opponent. They succumb to the same bad habits that we asked Bob Bradley about all summer and he <laughs> said they were continuing to work on and get better at every day. Right. Would they have would they have gotten shut out twice against Seattle? Maybe. Mm-hmm. Would they have scored ten goals against Seattle? Maybe. <laughs> and that's the that's the like that's the dig. It really is maybe on both sides. I'm not even joking with you. The yeah. team is capable of both. The fact that they weren't given the chance to be able to play that out, I'ma need a whole other season. <laughs> to well, know exactly who this team is. Well, we we got one in the first away game is going to be out in New York. Yep. Turns out going to be at Yankee Stadium. So, uh, so all the good people make it out there. Hopefully we're among them. Yep. And, uh, I'll, I'll be out there. Well, I have one more question. Well, yeah. We were talking about the future of the clubs. Sure. The the pillar of the club just left. What do you think? Well, what's the future of NYCFC now? Well, you know what? Maxi Morales replaced Lampard, effectively, in the DP slot. Mm-hmm. He's been excellent for them. Jesus Medina effectively replaced Andrea Pirlo, mm-hmm. DP slot. He is building toward being an excellent player. I think he had a really strong season, will be even better in 2019. They've done well replacing these cats, but they have never had to replace their David Villa. Yeah. They- the question becomes, what do you do with that slot? Do you... Do you do team by committee now? Do you create a Red Bull-style talisman list? I mean, I know that Bradley Wright Phillips is playing out of his mind, but the way that the Red Bulls are structured, they don't play through him. He scores a lot, but they have other scoring options. Sometimes they don't score that much at all. He's not, Shout you know, out MLS to Sam Cassell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's not Martinez in Atlanta, right? Yeah. Uh, even if he ends up with a high goal tally, it's... It's not the same type of presence to me. Yeah, yeah, I think that the Red Bulls play a very not looking for fame, workman, utilitarian style of football that works very well for them and has for the last few years. Do they go that route, or do they go the Galaxy route and look for the closest thing there is to Zlatan and bring that in? Mario Bolatelli. Mm, that just sounds like a bad idea. Like, it, doesn't even, it doesn't even pass the ear test, let alone the eyes. I don't know. I, I, I still think that that would, have been a, that would have been a player that would have worked for him, would have worked in New York. How old is he now? Because that's the thing. He's been it's doing like, this since he was a kid, but he's getting 29, old. 29, 28. Yeah, he's like 28. It's kind of in his prime if he had a resurgent and felt like the playing. Oldest. That's the thing, though. Does he? He was, he was balling at Nice. But does he feel like, but, you know, this is not the French League where everybody outside of P.S. No, the top four will say is like racing for last. Yeah. Like this is a league where he'll have to travel and a league where he'll get beat up by defenders who know his name and don't want him to appear on the score sheet. Yeah. It's the same difficulties that every player from a foreign league has to go through. I mean, but what did he encounter that even while he's playing a niche? When I look at the standings in the French leagues, it's always a couple teams. Oh, wait. Give me something. Are we competitive this year? 33. Goals and 51 appearances for Nice. 
Where that's a lot. That's a great... Where are they? Where are they on the... On the table? Yes, on the table. We're 10th right now. 10th in the top division. Yeah. And what were they last year? 8th. Okay. All right. Well, you know what? That's an interesting pick, but again... I think I don't think he's your only one. No, not at all. He's not the only because he's not somebody that's going to incite the type of confidence and consistency that David Villa did. After the first year, you kind of trusted him to not fall off from that point and leave if he felt he was going to. That, I don't know if we expected to get three more of them. Four years at the level that he mm-hmm. was, it's just, it was amazing, honestly. He's a New York City legend. I wish he'd won a championship. That would have been the icing on the cake, but he got New York City rolling you know, in a really, really positive direction. You know what? That's that's the allure of the city, though. You talk about these cats that play all over the world, that want to live in nice places, that want to move to Madrid and Rio de Janeiro and Barcelona. This is New York City. I don't care how cold it is. You're rich. You're going from hotel to car to facility to hotel. Like, you're never going to be outside, and all you see is the glitz and glam of the greatest city on Earth. There's yeah. definitely going to be that level of appeal that just has people I, mean, I think it was the same for Pirlo yeah. yeah I think he just wanted to drink wine in Manhattan for a few <laughs> months and he did yeah I kind of feel <laughs> the same about Vela he is gonna play hard only because he loves LA so much I feel like he is one of the best soccer players that doesn't really give a shit about soccer <laughs> Diamande loves it here as we pour out the last of the poor tea for the evening Thanks for coming on the pod, Ryan. Is there any Instagram handles or anything you'd like to plug? Uh, I mean, gosh, I never do this. The Instagram is at RC Wallerson. R is in Ryan, C is in Cat, W A L L E R S O N. And pretty much everything is at RC Wallerson. Email, Snapchat. I'm a, I'm a simple man. He's behind the paywall. The athletic's worth paying for. <laughs> I pay for it. I enjoy it. So uh, oh, yes. go there for your, yes. for your I should, content. I should totally plug the athletic. You're right. I Don't worry. I did it for you. He did it. Well, what <laughs> is <that>. the athletic? <laughs> if you pay for a monthly subscription to a newspaper of which you only read the sports section, you should cancel it and get a subscription to the athletic, which... Just goes town by town, sport by sport, and gives above average uh, quality, consistent sports reporting uh, across mediums, stealing some of the best guys, biggest names from a bunch of different pundits. I could name a bunch, but we don't have time for that. Uh, get your subscription and go check out if your favorite writer is now writing for The Athletic, because if you can't find them, that might be where it is. It's kind of like Jay-Z on YouTube. Ooh. How you can't find any of his stuff no more. You got to get titled to oh, listen to him now. Yeah. Honestly, right now. No, but it's good stuff. It's, it's, no, it's, it's, sounds, the, best, it's the best great stuff out there. So check it out. And uh, we'll see you all in the next FCFC pod. Peace. Peace. FCFC. FC. 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 F